So we're in this series, You Versus You, and what we're talking about is that you're going to meet yourself in five years, <laughs> and you're probably going to be mostly responsible for who you meet, that you will, no matter what you do, you will meet a future you. No matter what you do, you're going to meet a future you, and it's going to come down to decision-making, uh, and that's why we say you versus you, because there's always this battle within us, right, to do the right thing or the, the wrong thing. So uh, just real quick, for those of you who aren't yet followers of Jesus and you're not kind of used to the Bible and all that kind of stuff, I wanted to give you three other books you can read that uh, I'm getting a lot of this information on. One is called The Power of Habit. Um, One's called Atomic Habits, and one is called The One Thing. They're not Christian books. I know your pastor reads non-Christian books. It's a terrible thing. I'm trying to work on it. Um, I, I'm trying to get into the habit of reading more Christian books. No, uh, but, uh, but if you hear me say something that sounds familiar and you've read one of these books, it, it comes probably from one of the, those books. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit this morning about habit stacking, okay? That comes from Atomic Habits. Uh, but the reason that I... Um, read books like this, and the reason I like it is because Scripture talks about this stuff all the time. And so it's just fun to hear somebody else's perspective on what Scripture has to say. But the fact of the matter is, no matter what you do, there will be a future you. It, 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 it might be fatter, <laughs> might be thinner, might be more set in your ways, you might be more open-minded, but you're going to meet you, and like I said last week, if not, if you don't meet you, uh, that means you've, you're dead, and, and you'll be thinner. Doug, so that's, that's good, all right? Just skin and bone. Okay, you know what? That's just terrible. Okay, stop. And so the verse that, we, we, we've been, that, that the series is basically going around is this one. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus grew up. He became more mature. He became smarter. 
He became more engaged in community, and he became closer to his heavenly father. I have behind me these dominoes, and um, uh, for those of you who are on Facebook and you guessed that I was doing my boundaries sermon, uh, it's not the boundaries sermon, um, although I am excited about preaching that one again, so uh, we'll get the giant Legos up on stage for those of you who remember. But this, this, this Lego right here, I mean this domino right here, represents whatever your goal is. You want to retire. You maybe want to have a healthy marriage. And so to knock this over, to, to get it completed, it's hard because it's big. It's amazing, and I'll show a picture later. Um, if you kept these going and you made, uh, according to this geometric rate, at your 57th one, you'd be halfway to the moon, okay? So uh, just keep that in the back of your mind. But this might be retirement. It might be a savings plan. This might be you in five years and a few pounds lighter. This is, this is the goal. The problem is that we often try to get to our goals by just doing something huge. I, I wanted to, uh, I invested in one stock one time, with a lot of money, because I wanted to just get the retirement thing done. So I, I took a lot of money, oh, and I put it in this one stock. And I was sure, I've been following this stock for years, and I was, I was pos- positive. I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, it was gonna jump. It was gonna jump 20%, and I knew the month it was gonna jump. Oh, it jumped, all right backwards and I had all this money and I had a um I put a a a stop loss in so like overnight it hit the stop loss and sold itself so that I wouldn't lose as much as I did uh but I I I tried to get here too fast and so what we're going to talk about this morning is your little decisions the little ones you make every day like, I, I, can't, I can't have a strong marriage. It's not going to knock over. It's like, I, I took her out to dinner. Ah, oh, man. I bought her a Lexus. Ah, uh, it didn't work. Right? I invested in Apple stock. Oh, man. Right? It doesn't work that way. Oh, I did the dishes. I told her I loved her. I didn't try to win the argument. I got it right instead of being right. And what I want to talk about this morning is all these tiny little decisions that we make that end up having an effect on the next phase of our life and the next phase of our life and the next phase of our life. And so what we're going to do is we're going to uh, look at a, a, a book it called, uh, it's called 1 Corinthians and it's basically the first letter we have from Paul to this um, church in Corinth. And Corinth is an amazing place. I should have put a picture up of it, but it has, uh, it, 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 it's, it's a port city, and there's this uh, isthmus. I, I practice saying isthmus all week, and I still can't get it right. I, isthmus, okay? And, um, and so ships would come in, and it was, it, it was on land, and so the ships would come to Corinth, and they'd unload, and then they'd travel just on, on, um, 
on a road just a little bit with all those goods and another ship would pick it up. And so it was a, it was a big metropolitan city, multi-ethnic. Uh, everybody knew about Corinth. It was very um, wealthy. And, uh, and they had these things called the Isthmian Games. And all different countries would come. And there was, it was essentially the Olympics. And it was a huge deal. And the people of Corinth, this is, it would be in Corinth. And so they'd, it was just gigantic. And so what Paul does, as you'll see in just a little bit, is he starts riffing on these Isthmian games. Like, like, like he's trying to give an example, okay? And here's what he says. Do you not know that in a race, all runners run? Okay, and it's like, wow, Paul, that was deep. Holy Spirit give that to you? Yep, he did. <laughs> all runners run. In the same way, all of us are running this race of life, is what Paul's going to get to. That we all run. We all take one step after another. We all make one decision after another. Small, tiny decisions. And all of our small, tiny decisions add up to the sum of our life. And each little decision doesn't make that big of a deal. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll make you guys all feel guilty because that's what I do for a living. Uh, going to church, right? If you go to church once, it's not going to change your life. I mean, it, it has the potential, you know, if I'm preaching, but uh, it, it, it has the potential to do that. But it's that second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, one little decision after another. You wake up and you read your Bible, which is good, by the way. Uh, you read your Bible and you pray. Well, you're probably not going to be, just leave there and be like, wow, man, I feel so close to Jesus. You, you may, that's good. It's the next day and the next day and the next day until you have 365 days in a row, maybe not until then, that it becomes a habit, that it begins to really begins to shape your thinking. It really begins to ease your anxiety. You begin to look forward to it. Just one step after another. And so Paul says, we're all running this race, right? He says, all runners run, but only one gets the prize. It was a really big deal in the Isthmian Games to win the prize. I don't know why. Do you know what the prize was? A wreath. They would train 10 months to get a wreath. That, I, I don't know why they would do that. The other thing is, too, and this is just a historical, I'm not, but they'd run in the nude, right? I'm just going to give you a little piece of advice. This is extra. If you're running with a bunch of naked dudes, be in first place. That's free. Don't you, you certainly don't want to be in last place, okay? <clears throat> it'll, it'll hit you in just a little bit. For those of you who are like, why is there? But only one gets the prize. And then he makes this, uh, uh, this incredible statement. And what I want us to get this morning before I show you this statement is to understand that discipline, discipline is choosing between what we want now and what we want most. This represents what you want most. Maybe health, 
maybe financial security, maybe really healthy relationships, maybe a really close relationship to Jesus that impacts every area of your life. Discipline is choosing between what we want now, these little tiny decisions. Now I want a donut. Now I want, uh, you know, to spend money on a little drone, which I did when I was at Harbor Freight. It was like $20. It's in my, oh, I, I bought a drone, babe. It's just a tiny one, right? <laughs> but th- that, that, that's, not, that's not helping me, right? Get to retirement, although it was fun before I crashed it. What we want now between what we want most. My question that I'm going to be asking myself all of 2020, I mentioned it last week, was, does this make me more like Jesus or less like Jesus? This purchase, this thing that's about to come out of my mouth, does that make me more like Jesus or less like Jesus? My thoughts, what I'm about to watch, does that make me more like Jesus or less like Jesus? Because these add up. Every single one of them adds up. Sure, you do the dishes one night, no big deal. You do the dishes every night, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Discipline is choosing between what we want now and what we want most. And so he makes this incredible statement. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Step after step, decision after decision, run in such a way to get the prize. It doesn't happen all at once. You guys know this just through life. The things that you value most, you probably worked hardest for. Run in such a way as to win the prize. He goes on. He says, everyone who competes in the games goes in strict training. In other words, they they discipline themselves. Discipline is choosing... Uh, between what you want now and what you want most. And so they would make these dis- uh, things, and so they'd, they'd train for 10 months, and they'd, they'd train in high elevation, and they'd train in low elevation, and they'd train in, uh, in the cold, and they, as cold as they could get it. And they'd train as hot as they could get it so that their body would be acclimated to whatever came uh, in their naked running. Listen, they do it for a crown that will not last, last this wreath that was going to fade away. Watch what Paul says to us. But we do it to get a crown that'll last forever. My relationship with Jesus is going to be something that lasts forever. Paul says this. We're not going to look at it, but he says, for bodily discipline is of, little pro- is of profit, but godliness, that's profit profitable not only for now but for the age to come discipline is choosing between what we want now and what we want most are your now decisions those small and may not make a big difference right away are they making you more like jesus or less like jesus are you getting towards your goals the way you speak to people in your relationships is it helping to build this or tear it down the decisions to what we post on social media. It's just a tweet. <laughs> Not a big deal. He says this. This is so powerful. If you can put this into practice, 
Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. In other words, there's a purpose for every little decision that I make because I know what the goal is. It's to win the prize. I do not run aimlessly. I do not um, fight like a boxer just beating the air. I'm, I'm completely focused. I know exactly where I want this punch to land. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. I'm very, very intentional about my decision making. Oftentimes, this is the other part, these aren't noticed by anybody. You'll make the majority of these by yourself in private. Most of the people that you meet, where you look at them and they say, wow, their marriage is amazing. Wow, how did they become that good at finances? Well, they didn't invest a lot of money in one stock and lose it, I'll tell you that. <laughs> right? How did, they, how did they get in that much shape? You know, how, how, how did they do that? The people you admire, the thing you want most, they made a whole lot of these and you didn't see one of them. They made them in their car. They made them at the store. They made them in the checkout line. They made them online. Here's the, here's the thing. It goes the other way, too. The people you meet where their life is a mess, and by the time they get it to here, it's just like, man, how in the world do I turn this around? It was a bunch of these. Not one of them being that big on its own. Just a little decision. I'm gonna, this, is, I'm gonna, this person's going to be my friend. These are the friends I'm going to hang out with. Not a big deal. These are the people I'm going to date. These are, this is the party I'm going to go to. This is where I'm going to uh, spend my money. All these little tiny things, one way or the other, adds up to something big. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. I make sure every movement is strategic. Oops. Where did I put my glasses? Oh, they're in my pocket. Sorry about that. I've only been doing this for 14 years. Listen to what he says. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave. Paul's like, this is hardcore. This is hardcore. Like, like these little decisions, these little everyday things of how we do what we decide to put into our mind, what we decide to put into our body, what we decide how to spend our money, how to spend our time. Our time goes into a lot of these. Now, I, I strike a blow to my own body and I make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, and now, now, now we're getting, this is just for the pastors who are, after I've preached to others, I, I myself would not be disqualified for the prize. You know, some pastors, you, you're preaching and preaching, and I've done it myself. I've, I've told you, I've preached on stuff where I'm like, I'm still working on this. I'm still working on this. Paul says this is so, man, you're not beating the air. You're not running aimlessly. All of these decisions add up to a sum of you in five years. And no matter what you do, there will be a future you. And it doesn't come into one giant, I've made probably two big decisions that changed my life. One was getting married and one was accepting the Lord. 
Those were two giant ones. Other than that, it's just decision after decision after decision. Step by step by step. I don't run aimlessly. In the places where I have in my life run aimlessly, I've ended up in places I did not want to be. He says, I don't want to be disqualified for this. It's too important. Our life is too important. Who we want to be in five years is too important. Here's, here's, how, here's how Paul says it again in another book. He's writing to this church in Philippi, and basically they had given him some money to support his ministry. They had given, I mean, he wrote him a, um, a uh, uh, thank you note, essentially, is what it, what it is. And he's talking about all the things in his life that he had worked hard for, you know, to be a Pharisee, to, you know, to, to just, he was just striving and striving and striving. And he says this, whatever regains to me, like the person I found myself to become, I realized I didn't like. This is what he's saying. He's saying, I met my future self and I didn't like it. He says, whatever were gains to me, now I consider loss. Now I consider a waste. You ever gotten to that place in your life, in an area of your life where you, you were striving after something? Uh, Stephen Covey says, uh, you, you climb the corporate ladder and you realize that you're, it's leaning against the wrong building. <laughs> you know, right? You just do all this striving. But whatever gains to me, I now consider loss. He says this, what is more, I consider everything loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. All that other stuff, the stuff I'm just trying to build a life and build this and build that. I consider it rubbish, he says in a little bit, garbage. I consider everything in loss because of the surpassing view of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I've lost all things. In other words, his decision-making every day, step by step, he's running in a way so that he will win the race. Now these steps aren't to earn God's love. God loves you. These steps are to walk in his wisdom. This training and this race is really a journey to become more like Jesus. Does this decision make me more like Jesus or less like Jesus? Because there's really few decisions that don't do one or the other. He says, I've lost all things and I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. It goes on, it says that I may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but a righteousness that comes by faith, faith in Christ. And he makes this statement right after that. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. When I meet myself in five years, I, I, I want to be five years more like Jesus. I'm going to be, I want to know him. I want to know him better. I've known the Lord for, oh, geez. Let's see, I'm 35. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, I've known the Lord for probably 40 years, something like that. I, there's still so much more I need. 
I want to meet myself in five years. I want to know Christ. I want, I want to be like Paul. Well, how do I do that? I know. I'll go on a retreat. No, that didn't work. Right? Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, read a book. Well, that didn't work. If I want to be like Christ, it's going to happen daily. It's going to happen daily. And there's going to be ups and downs. Paul goes on. He says this, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. Ta-da! Yes, I want to know the power of his resurrection. Oh, and participate in his sufferings. Boo! Resurrection power, good. Suffering's bad. Guess what? There's going to be a whole lot of both in every one of these decisions. Becoming like him in his death. He says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself of having taken hold of it yet. I'm not quite here. I might be here or I might be here. And let me just tell you, for everyone here, if you're here, that's great. You're farther than here. (laughs) Right? It's another one. I didn't put this one down because I was afraid it would fall over. Because if it falls over, then we're in big trouble. My analogy goes bye-bye. He says, not that I've taken hold of it yet. I'm not here yet. And and maybe you're not here yet, or you're not here yet, or you're not here yet. But everybody's here. He says, but one thing I do. One thing I do. He says, I press on. If you don't know about an area of your life, decisions you'd want to make or where you're going to do, if you just lean into Jesus, if you just press on making these decisions, God, what would you have me do with these tiny little decisions? Little ones. Ask him, should I click send? <laughs> should I click open? <laughs> should I click add to cart? <laughs> right? One thing I do, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on, I press on, I press on. So let me ask you this. If you had decided five years ago to go to the gym, what would you look like now? If you had decided five years ago to just say, I'm going to put this much money away every month, just a little bit each month, what would be in your bank account now? What I want to encourage you with, and just for my one example this morning, is that every day, to the best of your ability, you spend time with God. Every day. And in five years... It'll be well over 1,500 times you were with your Heavenly Father. You say, John, how do I do that? Well, I'm just going to give you some practical stuff that is from one of those books uh, that's really helped me. Because somebody asked me the other day, how do you have a consistent quiet time? And uh, now it's just so ingrained in me that I just wake up and it's part of my routine. And that's really the key to it. It's what we call habit stacking. Okay? Now you, you might say, John, I'm not consistent at anything. I, I disagree. There are things you're consistent at. I'm sure, I, I hope, Lord, 
that y'all brushed your teeth this morning, okay? I'm, I'm assuming I, I might be making too much of it. Maybe you just wanted to get here early and you didn't have time. I understand that. Uh, uh, you wanted to get to the sermon. I t- totally understand. Uh, very powerful. Uh, but you brushed your teeth. That's a habit. That's a routine. You say you, you might have a habit of hitting the snooze button every time your alarm goes off. Okay, that's your routine. Well, what you do is you just add, you stack a habit onto that. Every morning after I brush my teeth, I'm going to spend time with God. And you say, John, how, how much time should I spend with God? Like, what, what would change my life? I don't know, but I'd start with two minutes, the two-minute rule. You just get up, you spend two minutes with God. You say, boy, doesn't he deserve more than that? Well, it's, he deserves more than you not meeting with him. <laughs> so uh, you're, you're at least two minutes ahead of yourself, right? You say, John, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what, what to do. And so he, here's, here's a suggestion. Figure out how you want to do it. You can uh, read through a book of the Bible. I was just reading through Philippians, so you can find Philippians. I, uh, and, and, you, you, and you set up the night before, okay? You get everything all set up. So my routine looks like this. I build a fire almost every morning, okay? Uh, just because it makes me feel manly, I guess. I don't know why, but I like being outside in my quiet time because I, there's so much creation uh, in the scriptures that I, I just like being out, outdoors. And uh, so, so I'll make sure I have all my wood and everything set up the night before. So I don't have to make any decisions in the morning. So for you, it might be that you, you have whatever it is, however you meet with God, you set your clothes out, you set your Bible out, you set everything out the night before. And before you go to bed, you say, Lord, I'll see you in the morning. And so your, your present self prepares for your future self. Does that make sense? And so, and so then the, the routine begins. And so really the only thing you have to remember is to set your stuff out before you go to bed. It's called habit stacking. Now can you imagine, can you imagine if you spend the next 365 days having a consist, consistent time in prayer and in the word? When you meet your future self in a year, you're going to write me a note. Your future self's going to write me a note and say, thank you, Pastor John, for letting me in on this big secret. One quiet time? Maybe not. Once a week? Eh. Every day. Time with the Lord. So let me show you how this works. You decide to make a decision... And it's just a tiny one. But over time, you have a healthy marriage. (laughs) Right? There you go. Here's the picture I was telling you about. This one's just uh, two centimeters high. At 18, if we had 18 of these, it would be the size of the Eiffel Tower. Uh, I mean, the Leaning Tower Pisa. Uh, then then uh, at 23, uh, it's the Eiffel Tower. At 31, it's Mount Everest. At 31. And then at uh, 57, it's uh, almost the distance to the moon. Can you believe that? And it all starts with these. So here's my question as the worship team comes back up. Which of these needs to change in your life? Which of these 
things need to change. In going through those books and in preparing for this series, I've really exam- been examining my life. It's been actually very fun. And I, 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 I trace things back. So, in other words, I, I, I'm with my present self, and uh, I go, well, there are some areas in my life that I don't feel that great in. I'm going to go back and look at what my past self did in order to get me here. And then I take my present self and I think about my future self. And I think, what patterns are in my life? Because we all have them that need to change. You can't get in shape by going to the gym once. But you got to get to the gym at some point. You can't lose weight by just going, okay, I'm doing the, the you know, paleo diet or whatever they're, they're called, and you just do it once for a week and it doesn't. It's little decisions one after another. What in your life as we spend this time in just reflective, uh, Junior's going to play a more reflective song. What is there one place, just one place in your life where you want to see future you change. Maybe it is your diet. Maybe it is your relationships. Maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's being more kind. Maybe it's just how you spend your time. And you begin to say, okay, I'm going to start making better decisions on how I spend my time, how I spend my money. And so, during this time, I, I pray that God would speak to you on these little things. Because they all add up. It's just one step in the race, one after the other, one after the other. For some of you, I went like this and I said, this is one of your choices and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit told you exactly where you're supposed to change. Good, good, amen. That means you just heard from the voice of God. That's incredible. And so during this time, we fill out our connection cards and as Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan said, thanks so much for doing that. It really does help us. I was able to make some connections this week with some people who have just been going through stuff. Um, So when you fill out those connection cards, we know that you're here and you're being loved on and taken care of and we can go after those that um, might be missing. And so fill those out and if you have prayer requests, put those on there. If this is a time for giving for you, that Living Spring is a place for you, tithe or give to support what God's doing, uh, you can prepare your offering there. But my prayer is that you hear from God and that you hear from him in a real practical way. Maybe it's giving up a TV show. Maybe it's that quiet time and you start thinking, okay, how can, before I go to bed, how can I tell future me and Jesus we'll see you in the morning? Lord God, We're so thankful for this race that we're all running. And we're thankful that as we make a step closer to you, you don't love us more. You're not. You just know that's the best place we could be, is to be making decisions that that you would make. Loving people like you would love them. Lord, it amazes me. It amazes me that you died on the cross. But the thing that really gets me is you made every single decision correctly. Every little one. Everything your Heavenly Father told you not to say, you didn't say. 
Everything he told you to say, you said. Every place you went, he told you to go. Every place you didn't go, he told you not to go. Every decision. It's mind-boggling to me. God, as we listen to your voice during this time, Lord, would you tell us which decisions to make and which decisions not to? Give us one thing, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen.